I thought we'd look at one of those verses. It says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so our getting alongness because of God's love for us is meant to be a getting alongness that makes people go, wow, I feel really loved. Or wow, I see amazing love. Maybe it's even so that actually we tell somebody about it. Hey, I need to tell you about this time that I was love or when I observed love. Maybe stories will be told of the getting alongness that we have between us. And yet, sometimes getting along is tricky. Sometimes it is hard, and it's not an automatic thing necessarily. So we are going to take four weeks to help us be people that do this love thing, that do this getting along thing really well. And I love that this comes after Quietly Loud, because I think actually it fits so beautifully well with it as we continue the Quietly Loud theme throughout the whole year and thinking about what an amazing way as we love people that we are quietly letting profoundness um, resound through the world around us as we love and so we're going to be continuing to think about this. Now I know that each one of us in this room has all sorts of different connections with all sorts of people. Uh, We connect with different people in different ways and so before we actually start uh, I thought we'd just stop for a moment and actually think about well what are the connections that I have in my life. You don't have to think about my connections but you're going to think about what connections do you have in your life. So grab up your piece of paper and I'm going to ask Sharon to pop up here and join me. And you should hopefully have a pen that works, and you should have a piece of paper. And your piece of paper looks like this. Um, oh, foyer people. Um, can you just run some of those? Foyer people paper is on the way. There's some spares down there. There's a pile of them in the foyer. Sorry, foyer paper is on the way. It'll be there in a minute. Sorry, Yvonne. Thank you. You don't have to run. You can walk. Um, And if you are on the live stream listening in, um, we have a slide for you. And I think you can draw it yourself. It is not really a challenge. It's just little circle, big circle. You don't need any of those words that are in there at all. It's the circles that matter. Anyway, Sharon, sorry, I've left you hanging there a long time. (laughs) So um, you've been coming to New Community for a couple of years. But why have I asked you to be quite involved this morning? So we're going to interview you later and next week as well. So why why have we asked you to do that? Yeah, Ali, you've asked me to be involved today in the service uh, outside of church. Um, I'm a psychologist, so I have the privilege of working with people all week and understanding what um, challenges people have in their lives, what allows them to connect with other people, what perhaps causes disruptions in those connections and help to work with people to understand themselves better in order that they can live more value-based and fulfilling lives and improve their relationships with those around them. So how fantastic. We're having our own little session for free this morning. Okay, Um, so tell us about what do we do on this circle of connection? So this circle of connection is a way of plotting those people that are in our lives that we have a lot of time, energy and um, connection with and those that perhaps we just see every now and again we don't have a lot of contact with that we don't perhaps spend as much energy on them and they don't invest as much energy on us. We've got lots of different people that we connect with but on different levels depending where they fit in our life. So with this piece of paper you'll see that there's a number of circles there and the middle circle is you because you are the point of connection to which these other people are connecting with. So this middle circle, the circle out from you is um, probably our more inner circle. So these are our partner perhaps, it could be our best friends, people that are, you know, our our closest and dearest that we tend to invest the most energy and time with and they invest in us, the people we can call in the middle of the night or that would call us if there's something that they need to to work through. So these are our nearest and dearest. And sorry, can I, so just because there's a word on there, there may be words on there that don't apply to you, like you may not actually work, so you may not have work relationships. They were just ideas, those words, carry on, sorry. Yep, these are just ideas to give you uh, a sense of what goes in, in the different areas. So the next circle out, you've got trusted colleagues or immediate family, could be close friends. So these are people that um, we, we spend a fair bit of time with. They might have had long-term um, histories with us. They, they have been in our lives for quite some time. So they're, they're not in our inner circle, but we still have a fair bit of energy and time with those people in our world. 
And then the next circle out are people such as new friends. So people that we're just getting to know that we're yet to have that huge investment with. And, and then with us, it could be acquaintances. This could be people that we see regularly for our weekly shop at the checkout. We're seeing them and we, we have a bit of a chat and conversation with them. It could be people in a workplace that you don't have a lot to do with, but you see um, here and there or in a, um, a a footy club or something, you see them around the place but you don't spend a lot of time with them. It could be extended family you don't see a lot of or um, just general work relationships. So what we'd like you to do is just take a couple of minutes to have a look at those circles and have a think about your world, your life and the people that are in your life and just put a cross in each of the different circles and an initial or a name for the people that you would put in that inner circle, the next circle out and the further circle. Just to start to think about all the different types of people that we connect with in our world. Brilliant, thank you. So a cross, a name, initial, something like that. And you may not finish them now, but it's just to start the, start the thinking. Thank you. Thanks, Sharon. Great. I know you probably won't have finished, and that's fine. You can always finish them later on. I wondered before we move on, while you've got um, the connections that you have, the relationships that you have on a piece of paper in front of you, and you're holding them, um, I wondered whether we might actually pray. I wondered whether we might pray for these um, connections that we have, and that whether over these next few weeks, that actually, uh, that God might do a work in us in some of these relationships. We may be completely taken by surprise which relationships He might do some work in. Um, but let's do that for just one moment. You're welcome to listen in or join with me. So, God, as we hold on to this paper, and we've just had this moment to think about those people in our lives that we connect with. We give them to you and we ask you to help us to get along better with them. Help us to love better. God, we thank you for your incredible love for us. And we thank you for the people that we've been able to jot down on this paper. What a gift so many of them are to us. Um, and so we pray that you will be so through these next weeks as we explore this. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, the actual theme that we're going to be thinking about might feel a little bit confusing, but we're going to be thinking about knowing ourselves. Maybe a little bit odd. We're start talking about how do we get on with other people, but we're going to start by thinking about knowing ourselves, and we're going to unpack more about that as we go. But first of all, we asked some people in our church family to tell us a little bit about the benefits that they've had when they've actually managed to learn a bit more about themselves, know a bit more about themselves. So check this out. The more I learn about who I am, the more it helps me be able to work together with other people in a way that not only highlights my strengths, but also highlights other people's strengths and skill sets so that we are able to work together in a more cohesive way rather than work in a way that works against each other. The more I learn about who I am with my worries, insecurities or struggles, the more it helps me connect, learn and help myself and others too. I'm able to be vulnerable and transparent, validate others who are experiencing similar things and come alongside another to support them. Uh, the more that I learn about myself, the more I come to understand that I don't uh, particularly like confrontation uh, and I actively avoid it in many situations, um, particularly when it comes to the usual sharehouse issues that crop up. 
Uh, and I've learned that this dislike uh, for conflict can actually play out in quite passive aggressive type behaviors um, on my part, which isn't helpful and almost never helps to resolve the issue. Uh, instead, I'm learning how to have the hard conversations uh, in a way that shows Jesus's love uh, for the other person and uh, helps to preserve my relationship with them too. The more I learn about myself and who I am, the more I learn to set boundaries with my family and friends and that I don't always have to say yes just to please them, that I can put myself first and that my needs and my family needs are important too. The more I learn about myself, the more it helps me to reflect on my impatience when it comes to living with those who I love. When I reflect on those impatient situations, it helps me to slow down. And instead of reflecting on the faults of others, it helps me to reflect on my own faults and how God and I can work together in the future to be more loving and more compassionate. Thank you so much to those people. Incredibly insightful. Yvonne, come on up. So we're going to have two interviews over the next few weeks. And one of the interviews is going to help us think, well, let's actually unpack what does the Bible say about this topic? So what does the Bible say about knowing ourselves? And the second one is, well, what practically can we do about that? So we'll be hearing a bit more from Sharon later. So Yvonne, thank you very much. Let me sit down. Good morning. Okay, so I'm going to ask both you and Sharon the same question to start with, which is why on earth, when we're talking about getting along with other people, are we actually starting with knowing ourselves? Yeah, it's really actually very, very important. Uh, I think, and Sharon probably unpack this a bit more, but we'll make sounder decisions when we know about ourselves. Uh, we'll build strong relationships with each other when we know about ourselves. We'll communicate more effectively when we understand what's going on inside of us and what our buttons are and triggers and different things like that. But also, as um, Josh said at the very end, we'll know what needs changing inside of us in order for us to be more like the person that Jesus wants us to be and then we're able to connect with each other more intentionally. So it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for those of us that are followers of Jesus here, um, what does, does it mean anything slightly different or the same or sort of how do... How does that? Yeah, work? I, I think it does. What what I love is this. This is Paul, and he says this. I don't understand what I do. I do do what I don't do, and I don't want to do what I do do, and I do do what I don't want to do, and I don't do the thing that I do want to do. Anyway, you get He's the point. It very well. I'm reading it very very well, but that's probably about as clear as he was in that. But there's a whole lot in us that we don't we don't actually always act the way we intend to act. Um, and I guess just if we're people who've chosen to follow Jesus or we want to make a connection with God or we want to connect with um, God's people, it, it's just really important that we understand and know ourselves because we may actually not have a clear view of who God says we are. We might actually not have... When God tells us who we are, whether it's through the Bible or whether it's through people around us or whatever, we might actually not have a clear understanding of who we are or we might actually have a clouded view of who God is. So when we read about who God says he is, you know, when we put it through our own grid of reference, our own understanding, our own way of thinking, if we don't know ourselves, we might actually not see clearly who God is. Um, and I guess that last one, and I mentioned this before, is we might not know what needs fixing inside of us. If we don't know ourselves, we might not know what things need repairing, what things need changing, what things need adjusting in our own mind. That's quite important. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. So you're going, you're coming up here as uh, you're going to unpack the Bible. You're a Bible expert. Oh, I don't think that's a very good line that. to use. <laughs> but, um, so can you tell us about um, a story or a character in the Bible where we actually see this play out? So we see them explore who they are or find out who they are and sort of God intervenes in that. So can you... Um, yeah, th there's that one that really stands out to me and that's the story of Jacob. So Jacob uh, is a story in the, a character in the Old Testament and he is the grandson of Abraham. So Abraham was told uh, this idea that all people on earth will be blessed through you. And this is now Abraham's grandson Jacob and uh, Jacob is he's a great character in terms of reading this whole story he was um, he was a twin so he was the one who came out holding the heel of the brother who was the firstborn Esau so he's a twin and he was the secondborn so he wasn't the firstborn he wasn't going to inherit everything it's this whole big story of, of the way in which his character developed uh, in the light of the fact that he wasn't going to be the first son, he wasn't going to get the blessing from his father, he wasn't going to be the one that would lead the people. Uh, and he spent a lot of time really um, grappling 
inside of himself. The, the other things that were, it played in ja- Jacob's life was the fact that he wasn't his father's favourite son. Uh, so there was a lot going on for him. And there was a moment in the story where he is so desperate to take what that firstborn brother has got, that blessing from his father, that he goes in and he steals it. So he goes in and he tricks his elderly ageing father into thinking he's the other guy and he gets the father to bless him. I mean, it's sort of really silly because then the other brother finds out. Esau finds out and he's absolutely furious and wants to kill Jacob. So Jacob has to flee. So Jacob's had to leave, run away from his father and his brother and everything that matters to him and he's gone off and lived his life. And it's a really long story and it's really worth a read of having a look at it. But I want to pick up what I think is the climax of the story and that's in Genesis 32 when he has decided that's enough, I'm going home, I need to go back to where I've come from. I've forgotten to push my slides here. Um, I need to go back to where I have come from and he's going back to face his brother Esau, to see back to his father so that he can take what he believes is rightfully his, this blessing. And just as he's about to cross the river, he sends all of his family first, he sends all of his cattle, he sends everybody, and he's there alone on the other side of the river, waiting to prepare to fight the guy he's always wrestled with. He thinks it's his brother Esau. And then out of nowhere comes another character, another man, whom he wrestles all night with. And they wrestle all night, and it seems like they're equals in this wrestle. They wrestle all the way through to sunrise. And right at the moment, just before sunrise, the one that he's wrestling touches his hip and fully wrenches it out of its socket and proving that they are not equals. This is God who he's wrestling with. And then there's this beautiful moment when the one who's wrestling with says, what is your name? He's not just saying, hey, who are you? I don't know who you're wrestling with. He's saying, who are you? Who really are you? Who have you been? Who have you been acting like? What's going on in your character? What's your identity? And God says to him, who are you? And he says, I'm Jacob. And names really mattered in the Old Testament times. Names really mattered. And his name was like deceiver, conniver, cheater. And he he would do anything to get his own way and to get his own power. And God is saying to him, Who are you? Admit who you are in this wrestle. And then God says to him, you will no longer be that guy. I'm going to rework the things inside of you. From now on, you will be called Israel because you've fought with God and people and have won. And he wrestled and he wrestled and he wrestled and God remade him and did something incredible in his character where he recognised, you know, who he needed to be and what needed to change inside of him. Long story, but it's a really good one to have a read of. No, that's really good. I love how you do see throughout the Bible that God really cares about who we are, Uh, not just that we'll blindly follow, but who we are, absolutely. So um, unpack for us a bit more uh, from the Bible what it... What are we wrestling? So he's wrestling, yep. and there's obviously a point to that. So yep. what are we wrestling? So he's wrestling um, things. Of, yeah, he, he's wrestling things of character and things about who he is. Um, and the Bible talks about this idea of taking off an old life and putting on a new life. Uh, so when when a person chooses to follow Jesus, they they actually have the the ability to take on a whole new life and to put off the things of their own life, the life when they weren't following Jesus, uh, and put on the characteristics and the qualities of a person who is following Jesus. It's it's Ephesians four twenty two. Okay, can I, can I read that? Yep. All right, pop that up. Okay, so that says, put off your old nature which belongs to your former life and is corrupt through deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new nature created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Yep. So this whole idea of when we choose to follow Jesus, we're actually putting off those things. And and I love in Colossians 3.8, it says, get rid of anger, malice, rage, slander, dirty language, don't lie to each other um, because you've taken off your old life. And then it says, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, with kindness, humility, gentleness. And it's talking about all of those qualities that we need to actually be putting on. So this idea of, um, you know, post-Easter, we had Easter not that long ago. And we're reminded that the work that Jesus did on the cross, his death and his resurrection, actually allowed us to be freed from those things of our old life. Um, So it's not like just magical where I choose to follow Jesus and someone clicks in the universe and and all of a sudden everything in me um, is solved. The the power 
those things have over me is defeated, but I still need to choose to take them off. I still need to choose to take them off. So when we're told we're a new creation if we choose to follow Jesus, it's not one complete, immediate, full act in no, that second. No, that would be marvellous, wouldn't it? Um, and Philippians 4, 8 talks about the kinds of things that we should put on. There's, there's lots of Bible passages that talk about the things we the should put on. Book. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So things to put on. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Yeah. So there's, you know, I, I can think of lots of examples in life where people are overreacting or underreacting or missing the point or, you know, um, dodging responsibility for things or being careless with our words, all those types of things. And we're, we're actually asked to put those things off and put on these new garments, these new qualities, these new attributes. And um, I was thinking about it a little bit and I think that the idea of um, a greater self-awareness leads to a greater God-awareness which leads then to a greater self-awareness, which then leads to a greater... You know, they, it works in a circular fashion. So it's really, really important. Yeah. So we know it's not an instant thing, but if I decide to follow Jesus and I'm a new creation and I go, right, I'm going to work for four months on myself, will I be fixed? You probably will, Ali. <laughs> I, however, will not. I will work I will for my entire be. life. In fact, a lot like Jacob. So one of the key things that I love in the story of Jacob is he was not like instantly fixed and changed forever. There's times when the, the story goes on and his name goes back to Jacob and God has to say, I named you Israel. Come on, I've done this work in you. And it's this push and pull, is constant um, in and out. There are times when God reveals something and we must choose to address it. Honestly, there are times when God has told me so many times that the penny just doesn't drop. Um, so it's a lifelong journey um, and there are times when we actually have to choose. And I guess one of the really important thing is, is we have to make sure that we don't just wrestle with our own self-awareness alone. We actually have to do what Jacob did and that's wrestle with God over these things. We can spin our wheels uh, and, and, you know, toss and turn alone at night for hours and hours, or we can actually say, God, come wrestle these things in me, and it's a lifelong journey. So the, the, uh, the thing about the lifelong journey is, though, is sometimes there's also a cost. So one of the aspects of Jacob's story is that he, unfortunately, walked away with a limp, you know, and sometimes the work that God does in us is difficult and hard and we actually then have, you know, maybe we'll walk away with a limp. I was thinking about the Narnia story, which I really love, the Narnia story. And one of the latest stories, one of the, the young boys, Eustace, actually turns into a dragon. And, and it's all the bad qualities about himself. And there's a moment in the story where he's with Aslan, so the lion, and Aslan goes in. Who represents in, God. Who represents God and actually has to rip the scales off the dragon. And there are moments when this inner work, this knowing ourselves that God does, this wrestle that we can do with him is actually hard and it's difficult sometimes. So is it worth it? Yeah, absolutely. It it's totally, totally worth it. Um, so I guess the, the thing is, is that this idea of knowing ourselves and self-awareness, it isn't the goal. Like it isn't just a little narrow looking down into our belly buttons and solving ourselves. It's not the goal. It's for a greater purpose. There's a passage in Ephesians which talks about the idea of um, us growing into maturity so that we're not tossed here and there by every wind that comes along and flipping and flopping all over the place. It talks about instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. So it's this idea of uh, our inner growth helps us to become more like the people that God wants us to be, helps us to become more mature in our faith. So, yes, it's worth it. Yeah, good, good, good. Okay, well, um, unpack a little bit for us what it looks like to wrestle because we're not going to have nights of wrestling, I don't imagine, and it's not, it doesn't necessarily a physical 
putting off, taking on, like getting yeah. dressed is whatever. Yeah. So what actually sort of unpack that a bit for it's us? It's probably going to be different for everybody. There may be some people who say, and there was a dark, dark night where I was by a river and I wrestled these things to the ground with God. And there might be others who say, I have just had ongoing constant conversations. For me, there's an image that I heard a while ago. It's like Jesus is standing at the bottom of the steps that lead up to the attic and there's all the files and the boxes and he's saying to me, we need to do those. We need to go through that stuff, that inner deep hard work and I'm standing at the bottom going, I don't want to, that's too hard and it's really, really difficult. And he says, it's okay, I'm safe, I'm good, it's for your good. I've put a lamp up there, there's a nice mat, I've put some cushions, there's even a cup of tea brewing and we'll do it carefully and slowly and we'll only stay as long as you want. And there are other times when he says, you know that work that we need to do, I've brought a couple of the files down, we're going to sit out on the back veranda in the sun and we're going to have conversation. It's a constant, for me, it's a constant going back and saying, what else God, what else God, what else God, what else God. I love that, that you're asking that question. Okay, last question for you. So just remind us, I started with, why when we're doing getting along, are we doing knowing ourselves? Just remind us of that answer again. So going back again to the Jacob story, Jacob wrestled with God and God let him and he wrestled all night long and then the next morning he stood up and he crossed the river and he made peace with his brother Esau. I don't know that that would have happened had he not done those wrestles. He walked across the river and he made peace with his brother. And um, the, 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 his ability to then cross the river and go back and assume the role, he actually got the blessing. He actually took on the leadership. Um, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. He was renamed Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel, the people of God. He actually went on to do something which led to the very person of Jesus. So, you know, this, this inner work that he did led to this, which actually is, you know, is in part why we're here today. You know, he, he played a part in that bigger picture. Um, I, I guess the, the, the idea of actually wanting to get along with each other, we must know this work that we do. And I guess I want to finish with the idea that, you know, Jesus stands at the door and knocks Will we actually let him in to do that work so that when we actually stand in front of other people, whether it's our children or a workmate or a friend or a parent or whoever it is, that we've actually got some of that inner work going on and we're bringing our true self. Um, the, uh, um, Ruth Haley Barton is a podcast that I listen to a lot and she says this line... Um, uh, yes, sorry, I just couldn't, I don't have my glasses on. I haven't got my glasses to lend to this morning. <laughs> I normally do that. One of the greatest gifts we have to give to the world is our own transforming selves. And if we're not bringing that, then we're bringing a, a shell of ourselves and relationships are hard. Thank you. I love that image of um, that Jesus stands at the door and knocks and will we let him in to have a cup of a cup of tea, a cup of tea in my image, it might be something different in yours, um, and uh, just inviting us into that lifelong journey when he'll help us know ourselves better for the benefit. Thank you so much, Vaughan. Let's give Vaughan a round of applause as we thank her. Thank you. We're going to just now have a watch. Uh, Brené Brown is an expert at many of um, sort of knowing ourselves and that sort of thing. So uh, let's just see what it looks like sometimes when we actually don't know ourselves very well. Check this out. How many of you are blamers? How many of you, when something goes wrong, the first thing you want to know is whose fault it is? Hi, my name is Brene. I am a blamer. <laughs> Let me just tell you this quick story. So this is a couple years ago when I first realized the magnitude to which I blame. I'm in my house. I'm on white slacks and a pink sweater set, and I'm drinking a cup of coffee in my kitchen. It's a full cup of coffee. I drop it on the tile floor. It goes into a million pieces, splashes up all over me. And the first, I mean, a millisecond after it hit the floor, right out of my mouth is this, damn you, Steve. (laughs) Who's my husband? Because let me tell you how fast this works for me. So Steve plays water polo with a group of friends. And the night before, he went to go play water polo. And I said, hey, make sure you come back at 10, because, you know, I can never fall asleep into your home. And he got back, like, at 10.30, And so I went to bed a little bit later than I thought. Ergo, my second cup of coffee that I probably would not be having had he come home when we discussed. Therefore, and so the rest of that story is I'm cleaning up um, the kitchen 
Steve calls, caller ID. I'm like, hey. He's like, hey, what's going on, babe? <laughs> what's going on? Um, so I'll tell you exactly what's going on. I'm cleaning up the coffee that spilled all, like dial tone. Because he knows. How many of you go to that place when something bad happens, the first thing you want to know is whose fault is it? I'd rather it be my fault than no one's fault. Because why? Why? Because it gives us some semblance of control. She's so good, isn't she? All righty, Sharon, do come up and join me. We're going to unpack a little bit now about sort of the practicalities of, well, how do we know ourselves? How do in that moment, like Brené Brown was talking about, do we stop and realise, oh, man, I'm blaming somebody else when actually the fault isn't really somebody else's. It wasn't really her husband's fault. But so we're going to ask a few questions. And I'm going to start with the same question that I started with Yvonne. So why, when we're unpacking this theme of uh, getting along with other people, are we starting with knowing ourselves? It's a really good question. I think in brief, uh, knowing ourselves, it helps for us to be able to get along with others. Um, knowing ourselves helps for us to be more genuine and authentic in who we are, how we function, the way we respond. We're more aware of our reactions and why we react like we do. And therefore, that enables us to be able to meet people where they're at and to not make things about ourselves, to be able to engage with them in a really true way at that point in time. So often we struggle to know, uh, I guess, what it is that we need to improve in ourselves. Um, I think the Brene Brown <laughs> example is really good there. We don't always know what we don't know and we have instinctual reactions to things and that has an impact for the people that are on the receiving end of it. So it's really important that we develop insight into ourselves and that comes um, over time and you need to be able to reflect on that. Self-knowledge is our capacity to be able to look inward and to understand our own reactions, our defences, our vulnerability and our avoidances as all of these things will either hinder or increase our capacity to get along with others. And we all have these parts to us. It's a normal part of who we are. But it will play out in different ways depending on our life experiences, what our history has been and uh, that will then influence the way we engage with others as well. So we can't change what we're not aware of and what we don't know. So the more insight we have, the greater chance we have to connect with people and be authentic in those relationships as well. Um, I think self-knowledge helps for us to have insight and awareness around um, why we respond in certain situations the way that we do, what has occurred with our experiences, why we've had those experiences and what we've been able to take from them. It helps for us to be able to um, work out any incongruence or mismatch between how we see ourselves and perhaps how others see us as well. We, we often have a, a perception of who we are and how we function and operate, but that isn't always the same as how other people experience us to be. So the more self-knowledge that we have, the more we know ourselves, the greater chance we have for that to be congruent and that helps to provide a real connection and a deep connection with people that we engage with as well. We can be more proactive in our responses as well to people if we're aware of what our, um, I guess, what our reactive triggers are or the ways that we might respond instinctually. It helps for us to be able to just take a breath and think about what it is that we want to be able to say that's more intentional as well. And it's really necessary to, to, I think, to have any kind of positive change. All of us need to work on things. It's a lifelong journey. Um, and I think the more we know ourselves, the greater chance we have to be able to see those areas that we can continue to refine and develop over time. So I think ultimately, the more we know ourselves, the greater likelihood we can connect, we can get along with other people and we can engage with people genuinely. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, I know when I talk to people sometimes about um, this idea of getting to know ourselves and, you know, oh, do you know this about yourself or whatever, sometimes you come across two fears, and I wonder if you can help us think about those. So two of the fears that I often come across is, um, firstly, that if I actually choose to intentionally find out a bit more about who I am, that I will take my eyes off God, I'll take my eyes off other people, and I'll become self-obsessed. It'll all be about myself and less about other people, less about God. So basically, self it's selfish and the second fear is that well if I know about myself I can make excuses for my poor behavior I do not love cooking and so I can say um sorry I know there's somebody desperately in need of a meal but I'm not going to cook for them because I don't do cooking 
even yeah. So that sort of thing. So what about um, so what do you you know how do you respond to those fears that we might have? Yeah, I think. Look, I think we all have fears in different ways and I think that, um, yeah, we're all going to have different responses to different situations, different strengths and different challenges as well. So I think in any interaction with anyone, there are two individuals or more involved in that and there's the connection between them. So our own tendencies are going to have an a impact on what we say we can and can't do, whether we feel comfortable with something, but the other person's also going to have those tendencies too. So what might be about you not feeling comfortable cooking for someone else might be a sense of rejection for not having someone care for them. So I think it's really important to be aware about that connection that occurs and the impact that has when people have responses from us as well. So I think getting to know ourselves and it empowers us to manage ourselves physically as well as emotionally and spiritually because the more we understand those tendencies, again, the more we can work on expanding that sense of self that we have, um, perhaps finding other ways that we can provide support or care that perhaps enables us to be able to show that person. Um, it may not be with a meal but something else that is more aligned with, with how we are. It's not black and white generally how we do things. Um, Self-knowledge can help us to be purposeful and intentional in our behaviours as well. So if it's about caring for someone and it's about what do we need to do that can show that care that we are comfortable with, that is safe for us, that is um, something we're, we're able to extend ourselves um, in a way that is authentic and genuine for them as well. So I think sometimes, you know, we can have ways or, or we can have roadblocks in our life or things that we aren't comfortable with or we don't want to do. Um, but the more we understand ourselves, the more we can work with those roadblocks or we can find different ways of doing things that allow for us to connect with people in a more authentic way as well. Poor behaviour um, or, or some of those roadblocks or no-go zones, I think the more we understand that, there's usually a reason for that. So if we can unpack what that reason is, that gives us an opportunity to be free of those um, those pressures and to be able to respond in a different way as well. So I think, um, yeah, ultimately it helps for us to give a better um, representation of who we are as well when we have that self-knowledge. It can help for us to select compatible friends, to be able to um, know how we want to respond in a workplace situation, in a sporting team, the kind of person that we want to be, um, the way we want to demonstrate who we are and represent ourselves. The more you understand yourself, the more you're able to do that in a genuine way as well. And people will see that consistently from you and that in itself is great modelling. So we want to be able to increase our ability to recognise and understand our feelings. Um, sometimes, you know, Brene Brown's clip was a great one, straight to anger, blame. Um, we move into automatic responses and there's reasons for that. So I think if we can understand what drives those emotions, then we get choices about what we want to do with that and that can then help to increase connection with other people as well. It can improve our relationships and give us a greater satisfaction in life as well. And also, um, I think growth is important and throughout different stages of our life, we're going to have different challenges, different things that are um, happening and we need to be able to respond to those different contexts in different ways. So we have to be adaptable and continue to learn and grow through that process as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah, thank you, thank you. This is a crazy big question. So uh, what are some useful things that we can know about ourselves? Now, obviously, you could give us a list and we could be here for hours. So just picking out just a few, what are okay. some useful things for us to know about ourselves? Yeah, I think that um, we all have a history. We all have uh, a past and experiences that inform who we are today. So having taken the time to reflect on that, knowing how that has influenced the kind of person we've become today, the friends that we have in our lives, the people that we connect with as well. So thinking about um, where we put our energy and who we put our energy into as well. So things such as what energises us and what depletes us? What are these things that um, build us up and what are the things that, that drag us down as well? Because the energy only has so far to go. So we want to understand what situations we're putting ourselves into in order to be able to continue to fill up our cup as well. And those that perhaps deplete us, why is that the case? What do we need to understand about ourselves with that? Uh, we can think about when we feel vulnerable, what are we doing in these situations? Do we tend to withdraw? Do we tend to um, lash out? Do we react? Do we stockpile hurts so let them build up until it comes out in a big explosion? 
Do we hide our fears? What do we do that impacts the way that we feel vulnerable and how does that limit our lives and keep us in a position where we perhaps don't put ourselves out there and it means that we're limited in what we can do and engage in as well. So we want to understand our influences and then we can have a chance to respond in a different way around that as well. Uh, understanding our triggers for emotional outbursts uh, as well. Do we tend to have emotional outbursts or do we shut down? Do we withdraw? Do we keep things hidden inside so that people perhaps don't know what's happening for us and then it's difficult to be able to get the support perhaps that we need or for people to even know that there is an issue there in the first place? We were talking earlier about triggers and we were talking about sometimes when we think about triggers, we think like huge reactions to things or huge things in our past that cause these triggers but sometimes they're just smaller things as well everyday things and I had an example uh, yep. that I was going to share where um, before Troy and I did um, the talk I don't know some months ago um, on Ephesians and um, mutual submission to each other uh, we decided we it had been decided we were going to address this topic and it was um, going to be Troy and myself speaking and I remember just feeling such an angst inside of me and thinking before we'd even met to prepare it and thinking what is this angst in me and so I just decided well I'm feeling something I need to actually unpack it I'd been reading quite a bit about this about noticing when you've got this angst this anxiety or um, this reactivity and so I had to do some unpacking and it was lots of things like he's much more experienced speaker than me is so happy speaking without notes and just knowing who I am that I like to um, I like to have my notes in front of me I'm not quick at thinking on my feet is that what you know yep. quick thinking whatever which Troy is amazing at it's got such a wealth of sort of theological understanding and how on earth can I sit up there you know when we're preparing it are we, are we just going to do it his way I can't do that I have to do things to my best and I can't do it like that and so um and I was just feeling so like this so we I walked into this meeting so I sat down I actually made notes um of why I was feeling like this and I walked in I was so nervous I don't know why but <laughs> I walked in I just said Troy before we even begin this I have to tell you I'm feeling really a bit anxious about doing a talk with you and it, fortunately he was really gracious to me and said okay tell me about that and so I was able to completely unpack exactly what I was feeling why I was feeling so vulnerable about it and um and actually it was an incredible you know opportunity and it was just a privilege to be able to to do that talk and do all that preparation but it had it came from otherwise I could have gone in there and I could have shrunk yes. into nothing and said nothing and just had outbursts at home because I was so stressed about having to do the talk without notes or whatever it was but I just was like no nah, I've got and knowing myself I've got to actually deal Perfect. with this and that's it the the feelings and the emotions that we have they they're a, a bit of a beacon for us they help for us to know that something is happening something we might be uncomfortable with something we might be feeling vulnerable vulnerable about so the more we can understand what that is and have a think about is this an old feeling that's coming up now in a new situation is this something that's a bit of a pattern for me it gives us a chance to to make some choice about that and then we can start to change those behaviors as well so it, it empowers us to be able able to, to become more flexible and to be able to address those issues so that we can open up and not limit ourselves and our world as well. So uh, do you want to just finish? Have you finished those? Yep. Okay, great. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, so Yvonne mentioned before that this is a lifelong journey that it takes all the time I remember there have been times in my life when I've experienced conviction so I've just had that sense of there's something in your life that is not good and I want you to address this um, sort of profound moments and also profound moments of um, actually this is a strength in you and I want you to grow this or focus on this um, but you know, as we've said, those things aren't great. I've sorted it. I'm done now. Mm. You know, I still have to think about these things. So can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, I think um, we don't ever know ourselves and we can tick that box. Um, it's something that's a lifelong journey. So it's an ongoing process, learning about yourself, understanding yourself. And different stages in life, you will have different experiences. Your experiences as a toddler versus a child versus a teenager versus early adult later in life are going to be different. And so we have to adapt and change and grow because our context changes around us. So it's something that we're ongoing, wanting to continue to develop and understand we have lots of different experiences that will happen in our life and that will also continue to shape who we are. So the more we can reflect and take the time to reflect on ourselves, the greater chance we have to 
um, to know ourselves in the context for where we're at now. So we build on that knowledge. It's kind of like going up a, you know, a windy mountain road. We're continuing to climb and to grow and develop that and we're stacking that on each other. All knowledge is useful and is um, helpful in our understanding the good, the bad, the ugly. All of it's a part of who we are and the more we can acknowledge that and recognise it and understand it, the greater chance we have to be able to make some choices and change that for ourselves as well. So, And there's no timing for when this inner work has to happen. It's, it's an ongoing process. You will have situations that happen in life that will be uh, much more acute or more um, significant and there'll be other times where things will bumble along fairly well. So it's it's really is individual, but it's an ongoing process depending where you're at and what's happening in your life as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, <coughs> so you are an expert in knowing yourself, yes? I don't know. I think we're all on the journey. We're just at different <laughs> we stages of that. <laughs> but it is an area of expertise for you. Yeah. And you're a follower of Jesus. So yeah. how do they intersect? Yeah, good question. I think that, um, yeah... I think my choices for work, partner, family, every life decision is is founded in me being a follower of Jesus and the way that I want to present myself, the, the way that I want my practice to be able to work, the, the colleagues that I have around me, the way that I engage with people, the way I parent my children, um, who I am in my friendships as well. I think, you know, knowing yourself helps to make decisions. So for me, decision to come here to NCR, you know, recognising when it's time for change despite the comforts of um, being somewhere for a long time, um, being willing to put yourself out there and be a bit uncomfortable in order that you can continue to grow and develop. I'm really lucky with the, the job that I do. I'm always witnessing people's journeys and their growth and their development and it's always a reminder that, you know, we, we need to get outside our comfort zone and that helps for us to grow and that allows for new things to come into our life and greater opportunities to connect with people um, and to, to get along as well. So I think for me, yeah, it's the foundation and that is where everything branches from as well. So um, there's many a times I'll be in sessions or just with friends praying for wisdom to know what to say or when to, to interrupt that pause or at what point I need to be able to respond as well um, and to be able to model that love and that care to, to those around me in whatever capacity um, that is. Fantastic. Okay, so last question for you. So practically, if we go... Because we're all, we'll have all started this journey to some extent or another. But if we want to explore a bit more about knowing ourselves, what are some practical things that we can do to finish this off? Okay. So there's many, many things you can do. But um, initially, um, self-reflection. So that's um, turning your thoughts and reflections inward and thinking about how am I feeling what are my behaviours? What's going on? So often we say to other people, how are you? Uh, how often do you ask yourself the question? How am I going? What's happening for me at the moment? So taking the time to just understand what is happening in your own body, your own experience as well. Um, what, what's brought me frustration or joy today? What's um, perhaps caused me to feel stressed? Or what's given me a sense of calm in my day as well? The more awareness and understanding you have around that, the greater chance you can make informed and proactive and intentional decisions about what happens. Um, it's important to s focus on both your strengths and challenges. We can often be our biggest critic, I think. Um, so recognising where perhaps the challenges are, but what are the strengths that we've also brought about? What are the things that have been good about the day as well? Uh, behaviour tracking. So this is just recognising patterns in our behaviour. Is that what we want for our behaviours to look like? Are we comfortable with that? Is that helping for us to be the person that we want to be and demonstrate what we're wanting to demonstrate? Thinking about that and looking for those patterns helps for us, again, to have awareness, which allows for insight, choice and change as well. Journaling. So uh, this is quite a common practice for lots of people. It helps for us to be able to just write down without any kind of um, censoring what our thoughts, feelings and emotions are at that point in time. So it helps for us to be able to think about any of our concerns and stresses. Uh, it's a chance for some positive self-talk and to, again, identify any patterns and experiences that we need to um, spend some more time thinking about. We've got prayer as well, so taking time and making sure it's intentional um, for, for Jesus to reveal to us what it is that he's wanting to say as well. Um, praying about interactions that have occurred in our life and perhaps looking for wisdom in ways that we could perhaps respond differently or support other people as well, so being really intentional in that. 
asking for feedback. So um, external sources give us a lot of feedback about who we are and the ways that we respond to things. Again, our perceptions aren't always accurate. So those that are in, if you think about the circle of connection in your inner circle, asking them for feedback about ways that you've responded to certain things or the ways that you've engaged, they'll be able to give you some really real feedback that's important to take on board and have a think about why they might have said what they've said. It allows for some chance for change as well. Uh, and then we've got social awareness. So this is looking outwards, understanding uh, the feelings, the emotions and the stresses that are happening for other people. So understand what it means to listen to people, to actually hear where they're at rather than your response to that. Paying attention to any of the non-verbal cues. Perhaps it's not what the person's saying, but it's what their body's saying. Trying to key into that as well. Um, taking time to think about body language or in texts or emails, you know, um, pronunciation in terms of your, you know, whether you're putting explanation marks, etc., and how people might receive that um, when you're, you're sending that out. So developing self-knowledge um, and self-awareness, I think it needs an intentional um, practice. It's about being willing to be able to accept the flaws, the good, the bad, the ugly, because that's who you are, and then putting intentional effort into making some of those changes um, to allow for that difference. It's a lifelong process. It's um, something that you can be really curious about. With curiosity, we generally are non-judgmental. We're, we're open to understanding, and that's going to help for us to make the greatest changes. And the more we do this, then the greater chance we have to get along with others, to connect with people, and to have really rewarding and fulfilling um, connections. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, we've actually got a little bit of homework uh, that we're going to invite all of us to do over this coming um, week, and it'll change every week. So can you click on to the next one? Thank you. There's an ancient practice. People have been self-reflective for many years. Sharon, I was going to thank you afterwards. So thank you. Let's thank Sharon, because she's already got down. <laughs> thank you, Sharon. Um, Thank you very much. There's going, um, so this is on the app. If you have our new community app, this has far more detail on it. This is just the abbreviated points of it. I'll very, very quickly whiz through it. Um, and it invites us to actually, um, with knowing ourselves, to pause each day and to reflect back over the past 24 hours. This has been going on for many years, this prayer of examine, since the 1500s. So we're invited to pause and be aware that God is with us. He's already with us, but become aware of it. To look back over the last 24 hours with gratitude and then to review our day. And on the app, there are lots of questions that Sharon has given us um, to actually help us think through. It's really good to have questions that are the opposites. Uh, what brought um, you joy today, God? Where were you not filled with joy? That sort of thing. We're encouraging us to start with this fabulous verse from Psalm 139, to actually begin our prayer time with this verse, search me, God, reveal your truths to me. And then at the end of that prayer, we respond to God in any ways. And there are suggestions as well on the app of different ways that we can respond to God. So I would really encourage each of us this week just to spend a bit of time going, I'm actually going to stop once a day, reflect back on my day, and you're welcome to use this app. Band, can I invite you up? Now, we have listened to so much good stuff this morning that I recognize that our heads can be quite full with this sometimes. And so I've invited, invited Troy to come up um, just before we sing our song and just to lead us in a bit of, uh, of time to chew on this and to see what actually stands out for us, to invite God uh, to be there in our curiosity um, as we th just reflect on the things that we've been thinking about this morning. So, Troy, do you want to come up um, and lead us in this time? Thanks. <laughs> 